Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Hey, good morning, Jamie, and good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Uh, big day on the show. More documents yesterday. Word came out. Former Vice President Mike Pence apparently had some classified documents in his residence or in his possession, uh, has turned them over and has kind of self-reported as well, much like uh, the President Biden has done. Um, uh, how far that investigation will go, I don't know. And it, it, It's the question I asked at the very beginning of all of this when they raided former President Trump's home is, is this a common occurrence or or was this so unique that it was handled the way it was? And I didn't, this wasn't to offset any blame of wrongdoing. It, was, it had nothing to do with that. What it had to do with for me was every time you see a story that comes out like that, then we find out that President Biden has documents at multiple locations and there's an ongoing investigation. I started asking the question, how common is this? Should we be asking other former members of the United States Senate, maybe even current members of the United States Congress, what they have in their possession or when they leave office, when they take documents with them. How about living presidents and vice presidents? Do we talk to Clinton? Do we talk to Obama? Do we talk to Bush? Do we ask them what they have in their possession? Um, or maybe former vice presidents, Dick Cheney, go all the way back to Al Gore. Um, you know, do we, um, you know, do, do we start doing those things? Is it necessary to find out if this is a widespread problem and how it's fixed? So at 9.05, we're going to talk to somebody who has actually done this for a living. What I mean by that is handled and dealt with classified information. He was the former ASAC or special agent in charge, uh, assistant special agent in charge at the Phoenix field office. His name is Steve Hooper. Um, him and his wife have a company called Tripwire Security Solutions. Steve's been on the show a number of times. And I'm going to ask him about this kind of thing. He does. He puts out a, a, a report, a, a newsletter every week called the Tripwire Report. And I get a copy of it. And it's always topical on something that's going on nationally from from mass shootings to whatever. This week, it's going to be about handling classified documents. So at 9.05, I'm going to ask him some of these questions about classified documents and what normal procedure is when someone has done this kind of a violation. How serious is this normally? So we'll talk about that and kind of get some more inside information on what happens. That's happening at 9.05. We start this morning with the economy in a report by Goldman Sachs that uh, they a prediction from Goldman Sachs saying that there is four real estate markets in the country that they believe may see a, an increase in value up to you know a pretty significant spike in increase. And then um, they believe they will see a fairly sharp fall that could be up uh, drawing comparisons to the 2008 housing crash. So are we creating a bubble here in places in the U.S. that are going to cause that bubble to burst and we're going to see a dramatic drop in value? Here are the four locations. San Jose, California. San Diego, California. <clears throat> California Austin, Texas. Phoenix, Arizona. They say we will all see, they predict, we will likely see noticeable increases before drastic decreases of more than 25%. These declines would be similar to those witnessed in the Great Recession in 2008. Home prices across the U.S. fell about 27% at that time, according to S&P CureLogic Case-Shiller Index. So uh, here is a quote. Our 2023 revised forecast preliminary reflects our view that interest rates will remain at elevated levels longer than currently priced with 10-year Treasury yields peaking in 2023. As a result, we are raising our forecast for the 30-year fixed mortgage rate to 6.5% for the year. And then it goes on talking about mortgage rates and it talks about these housing markets. Overheated housing markets in the Southwest and Pacific Coast, such as San Jose, Austin, Phoenix, and San Diego, will likely grow 
grapple with peak to trough declines of over 25%, presenting localized risk for higher delinquencies of mortgages originated in 2022 or late 2021. So they are talking about coming off the peak when we saw such huge things. Are, are you worried about this? And I'm, I'm not I'm not worried for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, we are still a destination. People are still relocating to Arizona. So there is still high demand. Even though we have seen a, a, a quieting of the market to some degree, we also understand that there is a housing shortage here in the valley. Now, are we going to see a dramatic drop in – we've already seen it – but a dramatic drop in new home startups of new builds? Possibly. But uh, the idea that I think we're going to go off the cliff we did in 08, I don't see that happening. And neither did the experts six months ago. So maybe something could change my mind. But this is something that's going to concern people because perception is reality. So if you are someone that is considering buying a home. This is where these stories are a bit concerning to a lot of people, and it's concerning to me to, to a certain degree. If you're considering buying a home, are you going to sit back after hearing this story or reading it because it's been such a big story? I saw it on four or five different websites this morning. Are you going to rethink it and say, well, I'm going to wait. Let's wait and see because if this does fall off the cliff, then we're in a good position to buy later. Well, I, I don't know that that's such a good idea, um, and I don't – listen, I don't want to give financial advice. I'm telling you what my thought process is. I'm not giving anybody advice. Um, that we saw a massive rebound of prices here in Arizona after 2008. It took a long time to climb out of that recession, but if you look where home prices are, um, it, you know, so I just think we're going to be a hot place for a long time. There was a story yesterday locally that the Metro Phoenix area has already recovered and gone back to being a seller's market again. So the prediction is, according to this, that we are going to see increases, that the hot market is going to continue, but it's creating a bubble. That prices cannot possibly maintain that kind of value for that long. And when that happens, when that bubble bursts, then we're going to see big drops in prices. And when that happens, we're going to see basically what we saw in 08. I don't know that to be true. My bigger concern about the economy isn't that people are going to start walking away from homes or have delinquencies in their mortgage because of a drop in value. I'm worried more about the job market softening and wage increases not keeping up with price increases. We have seen a slowdown, although not an elimination of inflation. But it is still much higher than what they would say is an acceptable rate of inflation. That concerns me more than anything else. Um, a couple of things, that, and I talk about um, – I often talk about policy. Uh, Arizona lawmakers consider eliminating the rent tax. Critics warn it could impact city services. This is where um, – this is interesting to me because I am someone that believes at localization at its at its smallest level. I think you better serve a community in your community. Um, but if they were to eliminate this rent tax and food tax and some of the others, in other words, the state saying you as a city, there's a law in Arizona that you can't charge taxes on this. I don't pay taxes when I pay my mortgage. There isn't a sales tax or whatever you want to call it on my mortgage. But if you're a renter, you're paying rent tax. So um, they want to eliminate that, saying that usually it's people, if you're looking at the economic uh, ladder, it's usually people on the lower rungs of that ladder that are renting, and they are the ones that are paying this tax. So I understand in principle what they're saying. But if they eliminate this tax, and there are cities that are saying it's going to affect fire, and it's going to affect police, it's going to – but the cities have the availability to find another way to recoup that revenue. They can get it from a different source. So 
I don't know. I, I, this train of thought doesn't make sense to me. If the cities were saying it's going to be a nuisance to us because we're going to have to go in and find a new way to get that revenue back, that I understand. But saying it's going to be eliminate this or it's going to eliminate that, I don't think is a fair assessment. They know, cities know that what they're going to be forced to do, and they don't want to have to do this, especially if you live in like the more fiscally conservative places in the valley, out in the East Valley especially, um, that they're not going to want to go to the drawing board and say, hey, listen, in order for us to have the revenue we need for police and fire and all that stuff, public safety in general, we're going to need to find another revenue source. So we're going to have to raise taxes somewhere. And whether it's an increase in sales tax on, you know, on other items, well, who knows? But that's that's what's going to end up happening. But it, it leads to a conversation about um, ideology. Uh, Walmart is raising its minimum wage to retain employees. We are seeing other companies lay people off. Um, but what I what I find interesting is that um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it, I think, later on, is that uh, we're seeing big success from tax cuts in Arizona. And and that part of it boggles people's minds that you increase revenue. Um, I would much rather have the economy of Arizona than the economy of California. And people vote with their feet. And the citizens of California are leaving in large numbers and they're going to Texas. And the, the citizens of New York are leaving and they're going to Florida. Now, it is nice weather. There's no doubt. But you can't talk about improved weather going from California to Texas, especially Southern California. But you can you can blame it on the weather if you want in New York. But I would say to you that people of means that have the ability to go elsewhere will do exactly that. They will find a way to pay as little as necessary. That's everybody does that. Everyone does that. If you have an because the valley is like one big city, sometimes you don't know when you cross out of one city into the other and cities have different levels of taxes for different things. If you are going to buy a major purchase like a brand new vehicle and you are going to spend 50 or 60 or sometimes you're spending around, you know, much higher than that in a, in a new car. But for you, it's a big purchase. I don't care if it's a twenty five or thirty thousand dollar car or up from there. If you find out that the taxes at a neighboring city on that same vehicle are going to save you. Let's say 600 bucks. Aren't you going to go to the other city and save 600 bucks? A lot of people are. It's, it's human nature to spend as little as necessary. So I just think a lower tax base has always shown itself to be better for people. And I hope that that continues. I hope they see that that is what's working. It's not just about politics. It's what's working and what isn't. Coming up in a moment. A new study, we talk about schools a lot on this show. A new study shows that Americans are overwhelmingly supportive of school choice and parental rights. We'll talk about the study and we'll talk about what it means for you. It's all coming up in just a few moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I actually took this song a little too literally when I was in high school. <laughs> um, thanks for being here this morning. We are going to talk about education. Uh, don't forget my interview with Steve Hooper happens about uh, 30 minutes from right now. Steve Hooper, former um, assistant special agent in charge here in Phoenix, uh, over 30 years in the FBI. We're going to talk about classified documents and the handling of classified documents from someone who spent their entire career in that world. Um, should be fascinating to find out some more about this. Americans largely favor empowering parents and their children 
education through greater transparency in teaching materials and choice in schools, according to this survey from Rasmussen in a national survey. A plurality of 38% said they strongly favor such an effort, while a fir- uh, 31% say they somewhat favor. By contrast, only 8% strongly oppose such a plan, which would require public school teachers to put all lesson plans and material online in advance so that parents can have access to them. Would you favor or propose this or oppose this proposal? It's interesting. I've been talking for, because it's popped up in the news so much. I've been talking about schools and school choice in Arizona a whole lot. And uh, you, I don't gauge everything I do by social media. But when you see something jump out at you, um, it's something worth discussing because there has been an ongoing discussion for um, at least this week, but beyond or before that as well between myself and other people that are jumping in on the conversation and then they argue back and forth. You know how Twitter is. And it is people that are um, – they don't like the expansion of the voucher program. And I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know why anybody would oppose this. That's just my feeling. Um, what this expansion is doing is allowing parents to control the dollars, and it gives them more access to other schools. <clears throat> that doesn't mean the school is horrible. It doesn't mean the school doors are closing. But if you're talking about who should have access to and control the dollars that go into our schools, why aren't the parents having more and more control? Name another part of your life where you don't have control. When you have health insurance, they don't tell you which doctor you have to go to. Usually, I mean, I don't, that's never happened in my health care plan. There are a list of doctors that the health care plan offers, and you find one based on locale, lo- location, uh, you uh, on convenience, on availability of appointments, or you base that on your um, – Success with that physician. I've talked about my doctor plenty. He is an amazing doctor. He's been my doctor for over 25 years. And he's moved. Uh, When he first had his first office, he was at about uh, 35th or 43rd Avenue in Bell. Then he was at 51st Avenue in Cactus, and now he's in Tempe. And it doesn't matter where I live, he will always be my doctor. I've had that much success with him. So I follow him wherever he goes, and that's because I am very happy with the care he has provided and the advice and the other things he's done for me for the past 25 years. But if I wasn't happy with my doctor, I'm not stuck with that doctor. I, within my health care plan, can find another doctor that I'm happier with. That doesn't mean a doctor you're unhappy with is a bad doctor. The relationship isn't for you or the, whatever it is, whatever the reasoning is. There's not another area in my life that I can think of where you're stuck in this way. And parents, I think what we've learned, good, bad, or indifferent, what we have learned uh, after the online learning that came about because of COVID-19 and the shutdowns of schools, parents are upset with what they're finding out is going on in the classroom. So when we here in Arizona, and this is where I get at odds with the teacher organizations and some of the narrative, we keep hearing that it's lack of funding that is the problem in education in Arizona. So I will say to you, as someone that has never supported a tax increase, I am a a very conservative, especially fiscally conservative uh, Republican when it comes to size of government and government spending. I'm not in favor of tax increases. If you could show me a correlation between spending a ton of more money without any other changes, just throwing money at the problem and it being the solution to the problem, I would be in favor of that. I would vote and champion for that tax increase. That's how much education matters.
But it isn't just throwing money at the problem. There have to be systemic changes. Everybody is changing. The entire world is changing how they do things, and education is hanging on to an outdated old way of doing things in many places. Here in Arizona, they've got to get with the times. You look at how popular. Why are charter schools? Why is homeschooling and micro schools? Why have they all become so immensely popular? Why is it that when families get to be wealthy, and even that wealthy, upper middle class where they can afford it, why do parents shell out so much money for a child's education to a private school when they're already funding public schools with their tax dollars? Why does that happen? And, you know, if in some cases it's because that school is a college prep school and my kid has their eyes set on an Ivy League education and this is going to be one of the things that gets us there, whatever it is. But in large part, parents are seeking more control. They want to know more about what's going on in schools and they have an absolute right to know that. And don't you think that if, if the questions are out there, whether it's that CRT, which is critical race theory, or social emotional learning, SEL, whether those programs actually exist exist in the public school system or not has been such an argument here in Arizona. You hear so many people say it's not happening. You have other people say it's absolutely happening. And sometimes it's done under a different name or what else, whatever else. Isn't it fascinating that if teachers had to put their lesson plan up so that you could see what was being taught, a lot of these questions would be answered. It'd be right there in black and white. So, yes, I am in favor of the voucher program being expanded because I believe that the best way to fix what ails our education system is to give parents control. New blood on school boards, which has happened. Matter of fact, they're making big changes over in Scottsdale because parents were fed up with the way they were being treated by the Scottsdale Unified School District out in Peoria. Same thing where you're seeing big policy changes because new blood got elected to those school boards. We're seeing big changes, and I think it's going to be good for education. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's the Big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Guy who was trying to sell a tiger yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. I've gotten the story. Incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Did you see how he got caught? Yeah, the cops got him. Yeah, but did you see how? Undercover. Yeah. Cops are awesome. Yeah, they they were uh, they went, ended up going on. I don't know what, whether it was Zillow or Redfin or whatever, and they matched the pictures of the house <laughs> that were as online for if people want to buy it to the videos that this guy was posting, and they ended up catching them. What do you think the um, the most famous tiger is? I'm going with uh, I'm Mike Tyson from The Hangover. His tiger. I'm going with Tony the Tiger. Tony's pretty good. Frosted Flakes, right? My uh, parents wouldn't let me have Frosted Flakes as a kid. Really? Yeah, it was too sugary because I'd bounce off the wall, you know. <laughs> what about Tigger? Tigger is a good one. Uh, the most famous Tiger is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Got to be, one. right? Tiger Woods. Yeah. Tigger, I'd go with probably number two. And mine kind of is outside the box. I don't know if it's in the top ten. All right. But, uh, yeah, that's... What is he doing selling tigers? What, 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 what are people? Who, who's going to buy a tiger for twenty five grand? And we found out yesterday you can get one online for like twelve hundred. Really? 
Yes. I thought you weren't allowed to buy and sell You're exotic not. animals, but you, they're illegal. still out there. Yeah. Yeah, but you can get on the internet and buy something, right? See, see idiots in Florida used to do stuff like that because, <laughs> like, well, that's why there's such a problem in the Everglades with snakes because oh. people buy a python when it's small and then it gets to be so big they just let it go and they've oh, overtaken the, the they've overtaken the uh, the Everglades. Right. People you can't. Right. You can't flush it. Right. People buy um, uh, alligators. You know, they're tiny, small little alligators. Well, right. they get to be five feet. Law, you know, and they scare the hell out of people, and so yeah. people just turn them loose. I mean, people are idiots with the things they buy. Well, your partner's one of them. Let's be honest. Your your partner's got a zoo at his house. All he reptiles. Does. All reptiles. He, he does. He's got snakes. Ugh. He's got zoos. He's got uh, reptiles. It's he's got a whole thing, man. It, it is. He did a show with a snake on his head. Uh, uh, I'm telling you right now. They've joked yeah. with me about it. I am. T- I have an irrational phobia of snakes. Really? Uh, irrational. I know it's irrational. And but it's real. And yeah. if the if if he brought a snake in at me, I'm not kidding. You're running. I, I I'm running. I, yeah. I I will do my best to kill the snake and the person holding it and I'm running. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I'm not joking at all. I have an irrational fear of snakes. This might be fun. Stop. Please don't. This might be fun. Please don't because I, and make sure no mics are turned on because the words I'm going to say could not be aired. I, I gotta tell you. Before our careers are over, I'm oh. getting a snake in that room. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm getting squeamish just thinking about it. I, got, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. I've got less than a minute. Less than a minute. What do you got for a question? Border. All right. Uh, Daily. This is one story. I know Taylor Kinnerup just did one, and, and it's it's different. But the story I saw, daily migrant encounters mm-hmm. have dropped yep. by more than half in January compared yep. to last month. Yep. Is this happening because of President Biden's new policy at the border? He's got four countries. If you come to the border, if you're from those four countries, we turn you around. Yep. So, yes, no, not sure. I, I'm not sure. I'm you not know, sure yet had, either. I want to see more. I'm not, I'm not saying he isn't. I just want to see more details as it goes on. Me too. I'm hopeful that it's working, but I'm not sure yet. All right. Thanks, Gatos. All right, man. Don't go near a snake. I'm worried about you. See ya. The BQ poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Steve Hooper, up next.